0: This is Pam electric ghost and we are live on the air with multi instrumentalist lover and you're from, uh, Holland, uh, you're Dutch, but you're living in the Netherlands,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Dutch, uh, but I've lived all over the place basically, but I'm back in my home, uh, in my home country, I would say.
0: Yeah. So we're just going to get our sponsor out of the way. We are sponsored by a German company called double Jack online. They are a philanthropic uh online lottery where you can play keno and you can play powerball if you take your cell phone right now and scan that you can get to Double Jack online and play keno and powerball it's philanthropic so percentage of the profits go to charity uh just check that out uh they do support the podcast and allow us to interview artists for free so that's out of the way now and then let's get to our normal zone where we have our ghost logo back up (laughs) Um, and we'll get Lover's uh, um, information because we like to make sure people actually go to the websites of the artists that we talk to so we have your link tree up through the whole broadcast so everybody please support Lover and go to his link tree check that link out (laughs) yeah so now what we're going to do is we like to actually show or listen to the music of an artist um before we get into the interview and we do like behind the music type of interviews we go in depth um mm-hmm. but we have got your video here for uh, my caffeine mm-hmm. and we're going to put you on mute and then we'll come back to to you and talk about it talk about the video talk about how you get got into music and what what you know everything about lover is going to get discussed let's so, do it let's do it so let's do it. Let's get into this video and then we'll uh, talk to you on the backside. Sweet, sweet.
2: So fast. My caffeine that the run through my head. on my face, baby, waste my time. Don't no sleep in no wrong with that. You do you, baby? i do mine. My caffeine that the truth through my head. on my back, baby, waste my time. no not sleep in the no wrong with that. You do you say I I'm with that, oh yeah My caffeine let you through my head On my face, baby, waste my time No sleeping, ain't no wrong with that You do you, baby, I'll do mine My caffeine let you run through my head On my back, baby, waste my time You sleeping, ain't no wrong with that You do you, say, I'll do mine You do you, say, I'll do mine Hi. You can Attracting
0: hear me. new customers yeah, has been tricky. So, so Claim that free, free profile, 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 on profile on Google. <laughs> on Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? Oh, no, you're not unmuted. Oh, there you go. Um, there you're back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry about that, YouTube. It kept on going. <laughs> they are they run ads so sorry about that yeah,
2: yeah
0: so on that video i hope it wasn't echoing um maybe if you wear headphones it's are supposed to wear headphones but i, I shouldn't yeah, come yeah. but yeah, yeah. sometimes we've had people say that they hear the echo but on the playback it's not there so
1: ah, uh, yeah yeah no yeah cool cool cool
0: um so that video let's talk about like how you produced it is that something you did or work with a director
1: yeah no i produced that myself uh yeah i like i make a lot of just instrumentals uh just on my own time uh and that's just one song and one instrumental i created and then i think a day or two later i just wrote some lyrics and the melody to it and then recorded that as well so it was yeah technically all just my own production
0: so Um, you typically you know do um like your own videos or
1: Yeah, this was actually done uh, with Brynja, the girl that uh, you had an interview with, like, a couple of months ago, I believe. Oh, you both worked
0: on it. You both worked on it? Yeah, yeah.
1: She actually, she's behind the camera for about, I would say, like, 65, 70% of the shots. And then an old, old, yeah, an old housemate of mine as well. Uh, And, uh, yeah, pretty much what I did is I didn't have the budget to film a music video. And I know kind of how to edit video so i bought an old vhs camera for 25 bucks and then the lady shipped it with a bunch of tape as well which is perfect
2: so i filmed it
1: all on this uh this camera and then uh yeah and then just did all my editing and uh it was kind of nice cheap easy way to just create a visual around this song so yeah
0: i think it's cool the the dya dyi nature of like indie musicians yeah yeah because then we could come, you know, from a perspective of like taking a camcorder like that or, you know, using a Casio yeah. or, or, you know, or yeah, using there's so stuff. much
1: you can do. Like we're already very creative individuals. You might as well branch that yeah. creativity out to the next. Yeah. The next tree, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Cause, um, so maybe talk about how you're a multi-instrumentalist and how you got into music and like how you got into onto so many different instruments as a musician, maybe start, start there
1: yeah i guess i started i think the first instrument i really started with was guitar as a kid around like six years old or seven and um it might have actually been piano first i think the first thing i did is piano in in england and then i moved and the thing is the instrument never really clicked with me and my parents tried to put me on guitar for a year and that didn't really click either (laughs) um until i found a uh uh, a music teacher that like Pretty much showed me a jazz scale and wow. showed me uh, hit the road jack in the bass. And I was like, look, you can play any note in this scale on mm-hmm. top of this bass line and it'll technically sound inky and you can just kind of discover this. Uh, so that's kind of how I really found my passion for music, really, in that like expression. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I started joining bands. Uh, I started playing bass guitar in a band. I played saxophone at school for a little bit, played drums in a band as well so that way i kind of just started learning all these instruments and and then also playing them when i recorded my music so
0: yeah i started on a clarinet i oh, was not, like well there you go i was there, like in a marching band i was in a mm. jazz band i was in a concert band and then i realized like you can't really write a song on a clarinet <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you can the melody you, maybe <laughs> you you can write like jazz um you could do like coltrane type stuff and i tried mm. that and then i said well you know i i want I'm a child of the 70s. I'm like 54. Mm. So I grew up like listening to like, you know, Led Zeppelin and the Who and Jimmy yeah, Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. And then like right in the middle of me growing up as a teenager, MTV shows up. And then the one of the first bands I ever saw was like Joy Division. Mm, and I right. and I got like, wow, what's that? And and I went to a pawn shop and I found like a, a synth. Mm. And I'm like, I gotta be like these guys. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, then I just started that's how I got into synthesis because I was like, you know, it's like 78, 1978 I went to a pawn shop, found like an old mini Moog that nobody cared about, That's and weird. I was kind of yeah. crazy. And I fixed it; it was broken, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I just got into synthesis and I started creating all these bands with like post punk type of attitude. Um, I, I liked it, you, know, you know, like the Clash and the Replacements and to do and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I just like the idea of mixing like new wave w- yeah. with punk. And the thing is, new new romantic music is kind of like it came out of punk anyway. Mm-hmm. So I always like this kind of punk attitude, like a Trent Reznor type attitude before Trent. Mm. Um but yeah, it's like I started like on a clarinet, got into keyboards, you know, learned bass. Yeah, yeah. And it just because it kinda I was in a band and then people stopped showing up. And I said, Well, I better I wanna write and I'm not gonna wait. And so I just started writing everything myself. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 that's the way to do it. In the end, it's the realization most people have. I think that start doing things on themselves, is they look around and they realize I kind of have to do it on myself by myself.
0: Did that happen to you? Were you like in bands, and then you found out like like I really can't wait for these guys to get on on the team? I'm gonna. I think to team. some
1: extent, yeah. And also, I think my like obsession around creating music, like just around music in general, was like far greater than the people I was around with, at least mm-hmm. when I was like very young. So it was more me sitting in my basement, like creating music on my laptop because it was just so cool to me. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so there, like, was that was that like the drive that like a lot of people like, you know, to become a musician and they could choose to be a studio musician, right? They mm-hmm. can choose to be like a classical musician, be part of an orchestra. What made you feel like you had something to say and you wanted to be the songwriter?
1: Yeah i wonder i guess well i guess i technically started writing music for a girlfriend i had at the time i mm-hmm. was like uh how old is i 14 or 15 and uh yeah i had this girlfriend and i started pretty much at the same time that i started learning how to make music so i got how, how there's no better way to apply this knowledge than to start writing some love songs for this girl so that's yeah. pretty much what i did uh and i wrote quite a lot of songs but at the same time i got quite good so those songs are all somewhere in a closet now but I mean uh yeah that's pretty much how I started I think it's really also the connect of uh like connecting your emotion and what you're really trying to express as a person and then being Mm -hmm. able to find a tool like music or art painting or whatever it is to uh yeah that medium to express yourself and for me once I found music and was able to express myself through it it's like just kept going
0: now, when did you start to like like I started as a poet? Like I was mm. a musician, but I actually was a poet. And then Yeah, I, I was kept... kind
1: of doing the same thing. Interesting.
0: A yeah, very I... like singer songwriter-ish
1: music I was writing at first and like very focused on. I like also went to church as a kid. So mm. this so idea of songs singing. and like the, the structure of music, once you go through that, uh yeah, that structure, like it really prints something in your brain
0: of yeah. So were you in the choir? Is that why you kind of knew how to sing? Because you had been in a church choir? Uh, not
1: even really. No, I never really, never really joined the choirs, funny enough. But the bands, at least. I joined a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, like, youth bands and stuff. And, yeah. And also at schools and bands, too.
0: Because yeah. the interesting like, when I started poetry, I was, like, totally separate from my music. I would, like, you know, I, I, was, always, I was always just, like, a keyboardist. Or, mm. or like a clarinetist um, and, you know, and, uh, you know, working on winds and stuff and saxes. And, and I, it's like, I always kept the poetry separate. And then one day I said, well, you know, I'm doing all this instrumental music, but it's not really kicking. You know, I was putting it up on SoundCloud and we're only getting like 1200 people listening. And I said, well, I got, I, I think I got to have a voice. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, and then I had all this poetry, I said, but poetry doesn't, you know, you could do spoken word. But the difference between poetry and lyrics is like you have to make it fit right? yeah, yeah, yeah. into a song structure. Did you initially just kind of naturally know how to take your lyrics and make them work in music, or did you try poetry first? You know, maybe talk about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I just started putting words to melodies really mm-hmm. because I was, uh, because I just started improvising off the piano. I think the idea of yeah creating melodies like that started before creating like writing words or lyrics. Mm-hmm. So it was more mashing those words with the melody than it was the other way around. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times, sometimes what I find is like I will actually turn my mic on by my board, my my keyboards. Mm-hmm. Right. My I got Rollins and Moes. I'm a crazy. I like analog stuff. Yeah. So I've got all these analog synths and modular synths. And, you know, sometimes I'll just get into all this modulation. But other times it's like I kind of do it like like I think somebody for the acoustic guitar. Sometimes it's good to put a demo down just like have your guitar strumming and sing, right? And yeah. I think with the keyboardist too, it's like like if I just put down a grand piano, like an 88 key grand piano, and then just put my mic there and just kind of stream streamer conscious. I will just yeah. run the tape. I get a lot of good stuff just by doing that. I will run like a half hour and then I'll go back and I say well there it is there's the song yeah
1: yeah yeah, definitely because
0: i found it's it, like ironically that's literally how how this
1: song uh say something my last release came about the same way it was just me jamming on a keyboard and then listening back to it and then hearing i think yeah five seconds six seconds of this like recording i made and go you Whoa. found, it. You found yeah, something let's loop that, that make a song out of it that's funny yeah
0: Yeah, because I like I'm a big like I because I interview people and I I love music documentaries. I'm a music fan first. Mm. Where I had like a big catalog of like eighteen thousand songs Mm. that I had on my iTunes before everything went to like you know streaming, and I listened to everything and you know from Johnny Cash to like you know punk, Mm. disco, whatever, heavy metal, Um, and 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 the thing was is like I just I just felt like I, I needed to you know just expand into everything you know yeah. just because uh i think it like people like to get locked into genres and maybe i talk about that like as a multi-instrumentalist and you can play guitar you can play all these different things do you find it kind of uh, annoying if people want to pin your music into like one genre if you're kind of in a wider space
1: yeah i don't know i guess yeah i don't know
0: i feel like i'm almost
1: not uh settled enough as a musician to to even have same thought genre. That, Yeah, to even Yeah, the same way. So
0: because if you're trying to pitch your stuff to, like, a publisher or, like, a, a small label, they're always like, yeah. oh, what genre are you? you know, yeah, are you it's very much. Are you EDM? And, you know, and they want to, you know, I've been had people try to throw me into hip-hop, mm. and I'm, like, a progressive electronic, and I even call myself expansive <laughs> sound, right? And yeah. It's like, I'm not really hip-hop. Yeah, but yeah. they make the assumption that maybe I'm hip hop for some reasons. You can kinda Yeah, of... and everyone has their own anchors, like
1: their own <laughs> thing that they're comparing it to as well, which is interesting too.
0: Yeah, because I'm, I'm like I'm really a big fan of like new romantic, new wave and mm. and progressive rock like bands like Yes yeah, and Genesis, yeah. like Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah. Like Pete, Pete Townsend. You know, I, mm. I think Pete Townsend is like phenomenal as a synthesis yeah. because of what he did on Barbara O'Reilly and Who Are You? Mm. you know, if, you're in the synthesizers and you look at how he did that on the R2500 and R2600. So there's a whole story about that, mm. but, but there's like, sometimes guitar players can be really awesome synthesis, mm. because what I find is if you come from a different instrument and then you approach another instrument, sometimes you bring something to that instrument that yeah, like, all sure. players don't have, right? Cause they're for like, sure. Oh, you know, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And then the guitar player says, well, I, why don't you do it like that? yeah you know do you find that they like being able to use different instruments that you approach like another instrument a different way like because you've been a wind player do you sometimes like i've heard like sometimes uh people who came from saxophone and go on a guitar try to bring Mm. some like like uh wind instruments to the guitar
1: yeah i think so to some extent i wonder
0: yeah Yeah, it's it's just different, yeah, you because know, Hendrix was kind of known for kind of bringing really, like uh, sax type phrases to some of the way mm. some of his legs. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: If you start thinking, it's like, how what is he doing? And he's like, well, he's kind of bringing like wind techniques to a guitar mm. in some places, yeah. you know, yeah, and then you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: no, definitely interesting. Definitely definitely. if you're playing strings and stuff as well with plugs and all these just different techniques you can use on a, on every instrument. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's just cool, I think, when you're a multi instrument you know, because I think of, like, the whole idea of synthesizers. Yeah. Some people say, oh, I'm just going to play pads. But what I always liked about it is I can mimic yeah. another instrument. Like, I can go and play a Moog bass and try to play, a, like, like, a, like you know, like I'm playing, boot, like, Bootsy Collins or something, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, like, Prince or something. It's like, because you start to think, it's like, well, how would Prince do that? How would Bootsy do that? And yeah, well, this yeah. is a board. This is not a. This is not a bass. But how can I bring elements? As if I was actually slapping that string, mm. how can I make my my synth actually do that?
2: And, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, And so that's. I think that's the fun of being a synthesis. If you start saying, "Well, you no, know, you can't breathe forever when you're a wind instrument, right?" So if you're mm. doing like horns, you probably shouldn't play endless arrangements yeah. with no breath. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? because you should try to mimic what you actually can do (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting so so um for for the release you just did is that part of a bigger project the video is is that or do you do like singles the way things are in this kind of spotify playlist world yeah Um, currently i'm
1: just uh doing singles mm -hmm. mainly because i just have so much i need to release and uh I figured why not just start releasing like if I'm running, I'm running marketing campaigns as well on the side for Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah. And I figured the best way to accompany that is actually just to continue releasing more music. And then if I do it, uh, yeah, what I'm doing now is every two weeks, basically for the next year. That's so pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I got a home studio and I pretty much, if anybody sees me, I released like seven albums last year mm. yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of go, crazy where i i i do singles sometimes but a lot of times i just like throw out these big mm. conceptual projects right yeah I'm, I'm coming from this age where like i like tommy i like larger mm. i like pink floyd so i come at music like everything's like a complete thought yeah and and singles don't really work in my mindset because i kind of am old school where yeah i, yeah, yeah. I like albums so yeah I just
1: there's a story in everything
0: basically but because I write so much, I just put out albums, all the time. Mm. <laughs> um, which is probably hard for my fans to digest. And I understand that, but, mm. but, you know, the podcast helps me in other ways. Um, mm. I found that that if I took some of my time and I didn't just talk about my own music and I actually talked to other musicians, then I learned mm. yeah. from other musicians and then I can push my brand as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, because of the way things are today, have you been, are you the type of performer that you're mostly like on YouTube or were you ever like in clubs playing as a DJ and, and or, or as an no, artist? not really, I never really got
1: there and I have not really been that interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely like to start playing more live shows in general. I think it would be nice. I saw this vision of just creating just kind of parties. mm-hmm. And- And uh, yeah, just once COVID is just done again and just have just good energy, just back into, uh, into like venues and just like house parties and
0: small venues and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Just to create a bit of a movement, like to get people in the same mindset again of just enjoying music. And I don't know, it's kind of disconnected. Definitely the live aspect of it, I think, with listeners now.
0: Yeah, well that's why I I I have been what I decided to do like like this year in July, I did what is called the Peg Bedroom Producer Festival. We did a mm. three day concert. Yeah, with yeah. Guests from the podcast. We had like yeah, 22 yeah. guests. And yeah. we're doing it again in February from yeah, uh, the eleventh to the thirteenth. And so we, we do invite everybody who's on the podcast to participate in yeah, and as we yeah, say, it's like a bedroom producer. So yeah, I actually yeah. play with all this stuff. Nice. <laughs> um it's a good setup with nothing but like analog and digital sense, hooked up mm. to a, like, a, a, a you know, an interface. But um, mm. we had bands that were like in Australia on a soundstage, mm. you know, like the safety ward, they were on a soundstage. And then other people took it literally and did a bedroom, like mm. oriented thing. <laughs> and yeah. it had like a whole bedroom set up with cameras and we're bouncing around. But um, yeah, or yeah. in their garage or their basement, it's like however they want to do it, like unplugged or... We even had, um, we did offer people the ability to send like MPEGs in YouTube mm-hmm. videos and right, so right. bands that couldn't play. We actually played like 20, 30 minutes of, of, of a bunch of videos that they did specifically for the show. Yeah. 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 So that's another yeah. alternative. It just gives people another venue. Cause you know, we, we used to play in New York and Boston live, mm-hmm. you know, and we haven't been able to do that since this whole thing started. And so we said, well, we, we love to play. So let's let's just do online so we've been doing a lot of online because we think you nice. know we just keep your chops up you know <laughs> and you're in the u.s right yeah i live in new hampshire oh, I'm in uh, yeah. what's like the uh the
1: uh, do they have any live stream royalty systems going on there
0: uh we like, I have don't know lived, well, or who does it there and... yeah well b i'm in bmi oh, bmi yeah yeah yeah, yeah right. so all my stuff is is registered on bmi and so nice so, and did you know, they do why? payouts for live uh live yeah yeah. When I go to do live stuff on YouTube, I get, I get my royalties back because right. I'm on BMI. I'm also on like repost through SoundCloud. So they recapture my money. Right. Um, and also there's an ability that we're working on where you can do ticketed performances. We, we are in a beta mm-hmm. test, um, nice. with some of our podcast guests that we had last year, and you mm-hmm. can actually do Facebook ticketing and right, you can right. like charge like 50 cents or a dollar right uh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. set it up and you can link it to this program Excellent. so you can actually set up a podcast to happen in the future as a facebook event and yeah, make it an event and then and then have the linkage and then have fans actually pay for it if they're willing to um but part of that is you have to kind of do a show that's worth people for people to pay yeah that's true so we started playing with multiple camera angles uh making sure that we can
2: yeah
0: yeah be able to put green screens up and stuff so if you want to you know i think the only way you're going to get fans to engage is to get you know if they think it's just a home movie maybe they won't engage but maybe they will because it depends on what they want sometimes some people might like to see like you do a video of you cooking (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. People definitely you know? drink Corona. Everyone has time for everything. So
0: yeah. So if you're an artist, you say, Well, I'm gonna get personal with my fans, like, I'm gonna show them how to make cookies and then I'm gonna play a song. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that's it's a like a unique like, way to do it. Yeah, you can you come up with different strategies, you know, because like okay, what works, you know, and you never know what works. So you just go out there and you try it. Like I like, think like the idea of throwing out singles kind of reminds me of the fifties. Like if you think mm-hmm. about the nineteen fifties in Motown. Barry Gordy, he used to just have you know the funk brothers and everybody and Marvin Gaye and, and Smokey, they were just writing all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what
1: they call it again. You
0: know, like they just had like, their whole the like, name for it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I mean the funk brothers had their thing, but they just had a whole system and they mm-hmm. just kept on throwing it out. And yeah, and they yeah, had writers kick,
1: sitting in cubicles and just writing yeah, yeah. songs for
0: them. Yeah, and they would, they would. It's like okay, well, Smokey did the song and it didn't kick. Let's give it to the Four Tops. Let's give it to yeah. the Temptations. Let's give it to Marvin Gaye. Let's go give it to the Martha and the Vandellas. They would. They would just okay. Well, if it didn't work with this band, we we'll give it to this other band. Isn't right? it
1: during the the guy's Wall of Sound guy? I can't remember. His oh name. Well,
0: yeah, Phil Spector. But he was like yeah, off Phil
1: Spector, like around that time, right? Is it the same yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, it's the kind of, same period yeah. of time.
0: Um, yeah. It's but it's time. just really interesting that that you know that w- the Motown albums at that time were just collections of greatest hits. Yeah, they didn't really have a theme.
1: Yeah, so, it's true, and they're very like, and they kept repeating songs as well, which is kind of interesting. Like, oh, give yeah, this one, yeah. more fun. and he does a cover of it here, but it's been written, still written by the one guy who wrote it in the cubicle over there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just it just kind of reminds <laughs> me of the way playlists are. You know yeah, yeah. how it's they true. how they used to do it. And, yeah, and Yeah. It's only when like they had like what's going on that you started to get okay. Oh, you you guys actually can do albums. Because Marvin was like fighting to get right. more structure, and yeah, I want yeah. to have a theme. So his album was like one of the first ones to actually be like a proper album, right? Yeah, because it actually had a theme. And mm. then Stevie Wonder continued that through the seventies, showing yeah Motown we can do themes.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. songs
0: in the key of life It's like okay, that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but but it's like you know, they didn't start that way. But I think it's like interesting today, it's kind of like here and there because like you have hip hop artists that are doing concept albums, yeah. It's stuff like Tommy type stuff, quadratinia mm. type stuff, pink Floyd type stuff, but it's coming from hip hop, and yeah. rock is kind of fallen away from that. Mm. Um, and then everything else is kind of single-driven or, or playlist driven, but it seems like hip hop has been able to do concepts and had been able to get people to to like listen to an entire record that has a theme. If you think yeah, about trailer to trailer or think
1: about, yeah, I guess they are always hard. been kind of storytellers as well. So it's a nice it's a nice medium.
0: Yeah, it kind it of fits. And every medium is cool that you think about because it it's all fake focused on words. It's kind of like Dylan esque, you know. Mm. Hip hop to me is like I love guys like Dylan because they make mm. you focus on the lyrics
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah you know but then you're not everything's like that you know because a lot of like edm techno you know and, and electronic music is kind of sparse on the words mm, Yeah. you know it's not like traditional rock and roll or like what i just said like a dylan you know dylan mm. is like heavy on the words yeah. <laughs> but but i think it's kind of like in between like if if you can take like a lou reed spoken word and put it to electronic music that's kind of cool. Like I'm yeah, a little, yeah, kind of so big proponent of, of taking like that kind of thing, of taking like a Lou Reed poet perspective and putting it against like electronic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know it depends on what you feel like. You, or you could take like a Sun approach and or a jazz approach, like a Coltrane, and say like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do something like uh, like Space Is The Place or or Love Supreme, where it's just mm. a machine right yeah. and that's kind of like EDM where you you might not really have that much of a lyric but but the jazz was known for like having bands like Sun Ra and uh Coltrane will just kind of chant out one line mm. you know space is the place or love Supreme are are jazz songs that just have this kind of chant that gets thrown in it they give it a little bit of a vocal but it really is more of a, like a thematic thing
1: yeah you know? interesting
0: yeah, it's, just, it's like there's all kinds of parallels. like, like you know, you can find jazz doing some things that modern music do, with with the kind of sparse lyric content and you know, and themes that you can pull from other things because jazz musicians didn't sample, but they might pull a melody from a show tune.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then throw it into a song.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's a recurring theme in music in general or arts in general. I guess. Yeah,
0: just the people that so how it like about like samples do you mostly write like your own like lines or do you sample like clips and things that that you think fit no
1: yeah usually it's my own stuff i do have like uh like vocal samples and stuff that i've in my second last release not say something but hollywood i released last year Mm -hmm. the beginning of this year actually something like that no yeah last year that um that uh, had a vocal sample in it that pretty much like said the word Hollywood. And that's how it came up with the whole concept of the song, actually.
0: Yeah, like a theme. But there are times there.
1: where I do like to use, yeah, like external samples for sure. But I'm not in terms of like actual, yeah. They have to be royalty free, basically. I studied yeah, music yeah, business yeah. management <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, and yeah, I what know. I learned there is basically don't even bother trying to clear samples. Definitely it's if you're like, my size. It's yeah.
0: It's very, different. I mean, that's really painful for hip hop artists now, because like at the yeah. beginning, everybody had their MPC and you had bands like Dale. Yeah, it Soul. was
1: nice and easy to do is create mixtapes, sell them on the street. It was nice and easy. Now it's now, all like, on the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like you'll get dinged for it. You won't get anything. Um, yeah, it's not the best. It's not worth it in the end. Yeah, well, now you have such, you know, tools in the DAW where you can create your own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, yeah. like, like you said, like the sample myself. I, I, will go back and sample like a ghost song and yeah. restructure it. And my biggest like obsession now is like, um, analog samplers that allow you to use control voltage. Mm. So then what you can take an analog sample and then throw it into a modular like right. sample and yeah. then you rip it up with an LFO mm. or you rip it up with like, uh, you know, a random voltage generator.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. and so,
0: because so then you're, you're not actually even look, I don't even have a screen, I'm not even yeah. looking at it on a grid. I'm letting the analog frequencies actually shift it.
1: Yeah. 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 And so that you know. it
0: becomes like what you hear is what you get, not what you see I'm not, yeah. I'm not going into Ableton and moving stuff around. I'm actually listening on my headset and yeah. running it through oscillators and envelopes and stuff like that which yeah. is a different way of doing it but you can get to the same place but you're kind of going by what you hear yeah you know not visually trying to do it right yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. it's a different technique i mean the one's not better than the other but i'm kind of an analog guy so that's
1: yeah yeah go. no there's a, lot, there's a lot of there's general <laughs> discovery with analog i think that you don't get with digital just even the fact you can hover your mouse over any little knob on mm-hmm. uh on your DAW. And it will just tell you exactly what it is it'll tell you this is like a low frequency oscillator. is it connected and then you look down where it's connected to oh, to the pitch okay so it's doing this but mm-hmm. when you look at an actual synth like a hardware synth you're just seeing wires basically connected to each other and yeah it's far more visual for sure i think the, the yeah, experiment next to it like
0: yeah and one of the things i love or what they does know.
1: this do what does this do like
0: it's kind of yeah. like if you think about like, an, like a guy on a hammond organ with the draw bars
1: Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. One of the things about it was is the fact that you got the pedals and the drawbars, and you can just you yeah, can just you can, yeah live manipulate the sound. Yeah. And one yeah, thing yeah. I love about like my mini Moog is because I can actually while I'm playing just like touch all those controls yeah. and they become part of the instrument, like yeah, like a yeah, an yeah. And yeah. and I think like a lot of analog players, what we do is if you had a Prophet Five or you have a Jupiter, it's because you have all those surface controls while you're playing that gives yeah, you this yeah. kind of secret sauce
1: that yeah, like, Oh right.
0: yeah, I can like take the, the, you know, the oscillator, uh, sink and then, you know, rip it up while I'm playing and it, it distorts things while yeah. I'm playing. And so and then you're
1: recording audio usually, right? Yeah. I'm totally so recording like everything, to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. everything. And I'm playing live and I'm manipulating envelopes and, you know, LFOs yeah, right. and stuff in real time. Yeah. Um, and and after a while you kind of know what the dials and the knobs do yeah um and you can then you can break it by changing all the cv but 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 but, but it, it's just like another way of playing and it gives you this kind of organic feel mm. which i think yeah, is yeah. what even though it's an electronic instrument when you play like an analog synth it feels like you're playing like a hammond mm. or you're playing like a yamaha piano because it seems to have like some life to it yeah yeah definitely for sure, that's what I kind of There's literally current
1: of like flowing through it. So,
0: yeah, I yeah. So, I mean, it,
1: yeah.
0: But I just got like an Akai Force, and I've mm. been for years not into like Daw like things. Mm. But now I have the ability to do clip based type of stuff, mm. and I and I started doing all this stuff where I never did it before because I was kind of analog guy and I didn't you know do clips. Is that like
1: um, a, like a drum machine or something? Uh,
0: that the the Akai Force is a Dawless Daw. That has oh, like yeah, 64 okay. kind of like
1: touchpads. Well, it's,
2: it's
0: like an MP. It's like an MPC, but it has a yeah. touch screen and 64 touchpads. So you yeah, actually yeah. have synth engines inside of it, and you can actually like play. I have like a Mellotron inside of mm. it. I just load it, and all the pads will actually let me play it like a real instrument.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then That's I can. That's Those things. I uh, had play. a what
1: was it called? MK3, I think it was like uh, yeah. one from uh, Native Instruments
0: yeah and i sure. played it for
1: a little bit but yeah it's very interesting like when you're used to using a certain uh dar, or a certain just whatever a certain routine yeah. with creating your music and you switch that up and the first thing you have to kill is your 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 or first thing you you test is your patience
2: because yeah. you're, you're so remember? used to
1: being able to get from <laughs> a to b very quickly and then that stops then you have to go okay i need to calm down and like really enjoy the process again so then you have to go through the whole process well, I kind of did that with that with the uh, MK3, and then in the end, I just asked myself like, "Am I, is this helping me at all? Is this like, it was interesting to say the least." But, yeah. Well,
0: what I found what I like about it is the forces. It lets you actually play it. Mm. Um, So it has like an arranger mode where you can just like like I'm a guy that used to have a four track taskam. Oh, I so you can just, bring oh, it
1: with you and stuff, right? Right. Yeah, Everything's yeah, inside it. of there. That's yeah, cool. and what's
0: cool about it is because it's a dollless dog, DAW, it does yeah. everything without the computer. So if you go load load a Moog into it, right, yeah. and you can play the Moog. If you have, like, a bunch of Kronos guitar uh, um, sounds, like yeah. I have all these uh, 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 guitars I grabbed from a Kronos yeah. and put it in, and now I have it. And on its own, I can go play all these guitars, through all these effects on stuff. And it's not just clip-based like a doll you can actually play it Mm. and so you can actually put it into a mode i'm going to do like a 10 minute song and just play like you were hitting a recorder um but then it goes into an ableton clip mode and then you can actually clip it and then arrange it so it allows you to actually take all your clips and then put it into an arranger like it's saving to midi files basically yeah and then you actually can structure the clips into a song yeah so you can say i'm going to do clip one four bars then go to eight then go back to two and it lets you put that into a song right and then it lets you like take a midi instrument and then bring that in it yeah, lets yeah. you take a cv instrument and bring that in yeah I so understand. it becomes like the central control system for for your art but it right. doesn't force you to just be a dog you can actually just act like it's a track like a multi-track recorder and actually just do whatever you want
1: yeah you almost uses your mix board i guess
0: yeah you can end up, and that's I, i'm a big proponent of just like going directly to a like a, a 16 track recorder right and just layer and like oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's typically what i do um right. because like I, I i don't like being saying going through something and saying that uh, oh it, it won't do it won't act it doesn't sound like what i did
1: <laughs> i yeah. like
0: being able to just record to a recorder because if I go and spend all this time doing modulation and then when I put it through the DAW, it compresses it and it doesn't sound like anything that I did. Yeah. i I'd rather just capture it directly in a mixer into yeah, a track.
1: exactly. And just get that.
0: what I played. Because then if I sat there, it's like it it totally ruined everything I did and it didn't capture it because it compressed it or yeah. whacked it out. So you know, I'm kind of old school where yeah. I'd rather just take it into a reel-to-reel and, and capture what it is and mic it um, because you know, it, people say, Well, that's old fashioned, say, yeah, but that's what I get. I get what I hear, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true, it's direct, that's very true.
0: You get what mm-hmm. you want. So, um, you you so you got a release schedule going into 2022 where you're gonna do like every two weeks, you got a, a plan for a song, right? Yeah, yeah, you...
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have like, uh, I counted the other day, I have 37 pretty much 37 finished songs they still need to get mastered and they need uh they need artwork as well uh but other than that like i kind of just need to put them out and then i think maybe what i'll do once they're all out is repackage them so keep them on for now Uh, we release them as compilations exactly then remove the singles so it keeps the profile nice and clean as well and the irsc codes Mm -hmm. like everything's still connected to it so that's okay
0: Do you ever, like, release as mixtape? I mean, some artists today still um, actually put stuff out in, like, a mixtape format, or do you just go traditional?
1: Not yet, at least. Maybe at some Mm points that I'll just kind of release things here and there. But I think it all kind of has – it has some – yeah, I don't know. I want to be able to use the music more to help build, like, my – just my general fan base and everything. And I feel like if I throw that all out at once and just say, this is a mixtape, here it is for free online or wherever – then, uh, yeah, I kind of lose that focus myself, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, getting a, getting into the distribution so it gets onto Spotify and iTunes is, is you know, kind of like the way the world works. Yeah, today.
1: yeah, you have to be on those, all those platforms, 100%. Yeah, you got to be on yeah. YouTube, you
0: got to get all that stuff. But the, the other thing that's interesting is I find, like, when I was playing live, if I actually showed up to a club in New York with, like, 100 CDs or some vinyl, of my work like at a micro level. Yeah. I can actually make pretty good money just selling a 100%. very small. Yeah. Cause so I found these like micro companies that would yeah. actually give me like only a hundred CDs or only a yeah. hundred vinyls and then I'd show up at a club like you know in 2017 I go to New York three, four times a year. Mm. And and I could sell out all my stock. Yeah at the artist table after the show. Uh, and I found that like, I actually made more money than I did on Spotify. A
1: hundred percent. I don't think you're ever going to make more money on Spotify. Sadly, it's yeah. a terrible place to make money.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's more like the radio. I look at it as like, this yeah. is how I get. Well, radio. I mean, the radio pays very good
1: compared to Spotify. Yeah. It's well, it's like a
0: radio it doesn't pay. But I mean, it gets, yeah. it gets, it gets your it's name. The exposure, uh, the exposure channel. Yeah, it's like your free, like A&R. Yeah. There's no, like payback it's like you're you're putting out stuff as a sample for kind of like free almost because the the pay is so low yeah
1: exactly you're more making yourself available to be listened to than than actually providing your hope
0: like you because you're in like pro or bmi that you get picked up for sync licensing yeah you yeah you get like uh you you start becoming a producer you work on other people's stuff Mm. so then you get paid that way um you know yeah many different in
1: the end there's many
0: different revenues i think that's the biggest thing i
1: learned as well studying music business management was they just said listen if you are an artist you have to treat yourself as a business step one you have to see yourself as yeah as the product and then how are you going to manage that how are you going to market that how do you uh yeah how do you go about that basically so i've always kind of had that in my mind when thinking the same thing like what we're saying just different revenue streams and I think it's very important to continuously be aware of that and kind of, yeah, if
0: you get onto like, like like I was able to, through BMI, get my music license for Twitch. So like what happens is, um, if gamers happen to play my music, it's licensed. Yeah. So we actually did a deal with Twitch where a bunch of us, like, um, actually through, through BMI and through like other places, like distributors said, Hey, these gamers want to play your music. We don't want to just stop them, but let's, yeah. let's set up a way that they we actually can get paid. And so yeah, yeah. That, that's a review new stream. I mean, I do stuff where like I do stuff for like you know TV, movies, film. You do like thirty seconds here, twenty seconds here, a minute here. Yeah. I don't credit myself as the ghost, but like I can, I can fund my ghost projects with the stuff that nobody knows I'm doing.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's like it's there's nothing wrong with 100 percent.
0: yeah because it's like it's like well you know is that selling out it's like i don't really think about selling out. like if you're a working musician you got you got to work
1: yeah exactly know? it's the way it is you know there's a lot like of people it... that are still spending spending all of their working time working on music and things related to music and it's usually yeah it comes through through different uh how do you say that different activities basically it's not always mm-hmm. through just the creating of music that'll make you money but that's okay as long as you can keep creating music then i think that's the most
0: important. yeah i mean because if you got the goal like your goal is to put out a concept album but it's not going to sell you know more than like ten thousand copies right yeah so like a hardcore audience and then no no publisher is going to do it so you do it yourself but then you have another income stream where you're like i'm an influencer so i pitch influence stuff and then that gives me like the income to do what i want to run the the influence i get free products people send me stuff and i pitch it but then i can go do my ghost pro ghost projects yeah
2: yeah, Um, yeah.
0: so i think like if i you know i ran into some guys who were like punk aesthetic and they're like oh you're selling out like you know i'm i love i like you know i like punk music but then like sometimes the punk attitude is like well you should be like a starving artist forever i'm like um i don't know about that
1: (laughs) the only thing that i do see like a recurring theme uh, among musicians in general and I guess artists mostly artists I would say just creative people is that because they're creative they can let out that like energy in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. but it also to some extent means that you're not being 100 percent efficient in the way that you're using your energy or your focus mm-hmm. it's like a tough at least that's where I find myself personally because right now I'm uh, I'm gonna or at least I'm looking to start doing uh, like uh production classes so basically teaching children how to make music through a doll oh that's cool and uh yeah so what it what it it's a great thing and it's like what we're talking about it gives me money and it allows me to continue doing my thing with my music and then i ask myself i'm only pretty much only doing this because my music isn't generating this money for me so i have to find another way to make this money so yeah. I do this, and it's great, and it's fun, and I enjoy it. But at the same time, if you put that same effort into the music itself and, like, everything, I wonder if you can create that same amount of income or stability through yeah, just the creation of music. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: it's hard because, like, the way the industry is, it's so much saturation. Yeah. And the labels are still controlling a lot of the lanes for you yeah. to get to where you need to be. Very um, true, like radio it's, it's, and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you can break out on TikTok or Reels if you get something kind of viral, but that's kind of hit or miss. Like, you never know. My daughter was just showing me some viral guy. Right. And he was like doing this weird Al Yankovic type of thing. And it's like really lo-fi. He's not a great singer, but he's funny. He was more of a comedian. Mm. Right. And he's a musician, but he's a comedian first. And he's getting like 12 million views. And I'm like, wow. And it's like like I'm a musician, I'm so serious about doing what I'm doing. And this guy what goes and does this comedic thing.
2: Yeah. And he's
0: like, you know, I'm he's making fun of things music. And he's a musician, but he's coming at it from a comedian. Like, like I never even thought to do that. Yeah. Not that I can do it. But he's like, wow, that hit like twelve million. And he just he's just having fun and he didn't like, care. Around. <laughs> and and it, and it, and, it, and it went there. And then the labels didn't control that. Like he was able to come out of left field yeah. and yeah. get there. And yeah. you're like, wow, that's, that's interesting. And they are like, well, what could I take from that to figure out like how to use TikTok better Right, you know, mm. yeah, like, yeah, like if you come out as a musician, like, and you go to TikTok and you just do what the same thing that you do for Spotify.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's
0: not going to work.
1: <laughs> I think the biggest thing that social media allows you to do is to connect with people through like your personality and like really through you as a person and, uh, I don't know, I think you can really create a genuine connection with someone through social media that you just cannot create through Spotify. It's like your music is the only thing that's like reaching out to a listener on Spotify. It's just your lyrics, the melody, just everything about the music. But then Mm -hmm. when social media comes in, suddenly it's like your face, it's how you speak, it's what you're interested in. It's like all these different things come into play. So yeah, Yeah, yeah. maybe you can find a more specific (laughs) audience that way
0: but yeah I wanted... yeah because if you decide like i'm gonna go and do comedy sketches one time because i didn't even realize i'm a big prince fan right mm. and one time i picked up this like uh this kind of bootleg and prince was doing like comedy skits mm. and i'm like you know how serious prince is like and he had this yeah. like there was this tape and he was doing these com- comedic sketches interesting and i'm like and he was like fabulous he was like super funny i'm like oh my god like if that had been on like the net he mm. would have got boom it would have got yeah. blown up but I'm like this thing about it's like okay would well like maybe sometimes like don't you know do like a saturday night live type of thing or or maybe go and do a tutorial of like how to make cookies and kind of yeah. do, a, do a stupid thing that make it it's kind of silly and you never know, cause like you're showing a different aspect of yourself. Like if you 100%. do that, I think that's where TikTok works is when you actually do something kind of corny yeah, or yeah something that's yeah. you know, usually funny. Yeah. It's and open
1: just, up a new avenue for that kind of cringy content again, like things that like people yeah. are allowed to like that they kind of, was a bit cringy. Not supposed and, to uh, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Some, some kind of silly thing Yeah, that my daughter's always showing me cause she's like 22 something I'm 54. <laughs> And she's like, like, dad, you're like, you ought to look at what's going on here. So she kind of is like, my, my, she gives me like the temperature gauge of what's really going on. Yeah. yeah. And then I would like, sometimes I'll show her something I'm doing. She said, like, you know, well, well, you know, that's good for, if you're like into the 1974, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, well, I am kind of into that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But have you,
1: ever know, the, sure. have you ever heard of the TV show called, uh, hot ones?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm TV anyway.
1: show, YouTube series, but it's pretty much it's uh it's like an an interview series where a guy uh, interviews celebrities, and mm-hmm. they have hot sauce in front of them. So oh, just uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, from mildest to hottest. So the best thing about it and the thing that I always always take away from it every time is all these people in the comments that are like I never knew about this person or I never thought this guy was funny or that I never like never yeah, yeah, yeah. paid attention to this actor. And then suddenly they always most almost always they like fall in love with this person because you they break down and you see like the real person who's behind like who's dealing with all this sweat and everything like that and you're like yeah. oh man like there's somebody yeah. real behind there and that connection gets created so much quicker. It's really interesting.
0: That's a cool. So idea. If you're
1: always on a red carpet, like, oh, hello, what what dress do you have on today? And like, yeah. I who been made by. It's there's nothing real about it.
0: Yeah, so. that's a typical thing. I think I saw another one where somebody was making somebody sit in a tub full of ice. Yeah. <laughs> and then make them like see how long they can take it, and like force them to you know say, well, you can get out if you tell me the truth about this
1: right
0: yeah 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 <laughs> and uh, you know i think it's cool when people start like you said they come up with an alternative way of doing something yeah and you see it coming out of left field on social media you'll see yeah. it coming out of youtube and soundcloud yeah. and, and all these like other venues and tiktok and reels um and it just like i would wonder what you think about instagram because i think instagram to me is like one of the perfect social medias for musicians mm. like almost every band i interview or artist i interview has come from Instagram for the Hmm. last, since 2018, I've been doing this podcast. And I would say I get like 1% of my interviews from Facebook yeah, and like 99 from Instagram.
1: Yeah, definitely, the activity is far higher on Instagram for sure.
0: Yeah, there seems to be, there's more artists. I mean, there's models, there's actors, but there's tons of musicians. I think it's the instant connection of
1: audio and visual just together. It's like the only two, it's the only thing you can get on Instagram. Is a yeah. picture and yeah, some sound, and that's yeah. literally who we are as artists. Or like we, we're just creating the sound, and we have to put a picture next to it. So,
0: yeah. So we kind of took it over. More. I mean, you have a lot of models, and you have actors and stuff yeah. stuff, but but musicians seem to be like the primary, besides the models. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Models is the other thing, and I've tried to to get into doing podcasts with models, but they're like, mm. sometimes they don't want to talk.
1: <laughs> no yeah, i'm sure yeah,
0: i'm sure <laughs> but it's like, it's like if i could get some models on here i could do a different angle and I've, yeah, yeah, gotten, that's I gotten, <laughs> I've gotten like actors to show up though i've gotten mm. like five actors to, nice. from, from like new york to talk about their films and stuff because i think it's like actors are pretty cool because they will go into all kinds of detail because mm. that's kind of the nature of their business like to reveal. I mean musicians yeah, right. do that too. Like singer songwriters will will go into the kind of depth that are like a method yeah. actor will go into.
1: And they'll start yeah. talking
0: like all this stuff like how do I how do I get ready for this? Because I kind of pull up the pain and then I do it. And and I found like there's a dynamic where like a method actor, or any kind of actor has some connection with the way musicians think.
1: Hmm. Um yeah, well, I think you have to dig deeper into yourself, exactly. There's a level of uh, like self-reflection that you're doing when you're performing or when you're doing your craft, in a sense.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. And then I also found, I started talking to painters, and I started getting into this idea of like sound painting. Right? A mm-hmm. lot of what we do as musicians, if you think about it, music will call up an image in somebody's mind. Mm. And a lot of times when we think about music, we talk about colors. We talk about like, you know, palettes. And so we, there's the kind of a language of that's general art, um, where you start talking visually, like, again, like you're doing, we do music videos, but even the music itself can kind of invoke visual, um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even just the idea that everything you see is paired with some sort of. Sound, I think, unless unless you you're looking at something and it's extremely quiet, but you look at a car drive by, there's a sound that comes with it and it goes from left to right and it goes yeah. And if you hear that sound by itself, that car is gonna stay in your like your brain knows the two together. It's yeah yeah yeah.
0: It's just so interesting as like when you're playing with synthesizers, a lot of what we do is like soundscapes, and mm-hmm. we'll try to like you know I'll try to create like water. I'll try to create yeah. like wind. And I'm trying to put in somebody's head, like maybe you're on the beach, maybe you're by a river, maybe you're oh, by yeah. a like a lot of what we do in music, we, we're trying to call up images, you know, maybe explicitly or kind of in a, you know, kind of undercurrents. And, uh, I think it, like w- the tools we have, like, like if you take a guitar, right. And it's no, no, no effects on it, but then suddenly you start throwing flangers and delays yeah. and reverbs and space echoes, then you can, Shape something to kind of have this kind of sound painting feel. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, then you start. What about- first, I wonder if the
1: visual, like if you think about, well, if I think about a guitar uh, just with nothing on it, and then the moment I put a reverb on it, the biggest reverb I can do, just 100% wet, it just mm-hmm. sounds like space. Like it sounds yeah. like you're looking at like a night sky. But I wonder why that feels that way is that because like 2001 space odyssey came out and they had a lot of these like airy yeah. sounds or like <laughs> do I, does it just connect to the space uh, i wonder it's true sort of, yeah.
0: it's interesting because like a lot of science fiction music uh actually used like moogs mm, yeah 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 theremins and uh, old modular modes where you the have drones really used, and everything as well yeah, like, in the early science fiction movies in the 50s yeah. So a lot of those sounds came from like modular model fives, model ones, model fifties, um, and, and 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 theremins. And so when you hear, ooh, you see a spaceship, it's like it's it has this synthesis in it. But it's um,
1: also, I think, did they not like record space sounds? And those are the kind of sounds that came out of that. Well, most likely they just put the put it through a Moog as well, or something like that. But. yeah, a lot of
0: it was like, they just used like the or sense at the time to kind of make people feel like this is what space represents. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just weird kind of blips and bops and portamentos and yeah. Day yeah. Crescendos, decrescendos. A lot of it is just kind of running up, running through like uh the cutoff filter, yeah. on a low pass filter and, and doing the whole sweep, a filter sweep. I guess but if you a-
1: think about the, how do you say that? The, uh, what are they called again the spectrum uh, the light spectrum
0: oh yeah the light spectrum and there's like yeah yeah there's all different.
1: the all the rays from one side to the other if they're all called i can't even remember yeah, yeah they it's are kind rays. of like
0: if you just you know do a filter if you,
1: the, if you scanned space you would just see bouncing happening everywhere from all of these different rays so most yeah. likely that's why that sound is also the same they're trying to just recreate that same yeah
0: yeah, there's like a randomness intensity. to it. Like if you took it and you mathematically grabbed some space elements and yeah, you threw yeah. it into a computer and you said run that through an oscillator. Yeah, exactly. You, I think that's would the sound you would get. Kind of like what a modular synthesizer does when you run yeah. LFO on it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's interesting. I think you would get the same thing. I think somebody – it was really crazy. I just saw it. Somebody took a synthesizer. And they took the DNA sequence of the coronavirus and they ran it into the synth, and it did this <laughs> weird random thing. They said, "Well, that's the sound of Corona." I'm like, yeah. "Really? <laughs> like, really? That's interesting." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, but you can do that Nothing with melodic. Yeah, you can take a neutron star and take the flashes and turn yeah. it into an algorithm, and then run it into your synth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so there are people who like to do stuff like that. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take something and then and use that to trigger
2: yeah, my yeah. Scent.
0: So i'm gonna take like i'm gonna go and hook it up to a plant mm. and pick up the electricity coming off the plant yeah and trigger the scent and i actually was talking yeah, to people do it with mushrooms and stuff as well yeah yeah you can and actually potatoes and whatnot your organic material can give off like triggers yeah. and you Frequency. can actually make it run your scent <laughs> yeah but yeah, uh I, connected <laughs> But yeah, I think it's, um, it's really cool to talk to another producer and somebody that's like into writing their own music. Cause I think um, that that is what we do on this program is like to really, uh, try to uncover the creative process that people Mm -hmm. make. And I, 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 do think it's, it's really cool that you're, you're, you're very active, you got a lot of material that you're putting out there, you're doing all kinds of things that you're collaborating with people, um, So, yeah, I hope to talk to you again and maybe get you to to play on our program for our festival. And, uh, yeah, this is really cool. And let's let everybody know, we are now like on the beta test program with Spotify podcast. So the video podcast you see here live will be on Spotify as a video uh, within like an hour at least. Um, And so that's another way for people to get this because we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook. But now we're on Spotify visually. We used to just be there as audio. And also just to let you know, this podcast is on 11 audio platforms, including Apple Podcast, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, and all those. So it will migrate to all those platforms within an hour. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah, and I'll send you some of the links. But thank you for being on the program.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks Uh, for reaching out. It's oh yeah, nice. we so did have
0: somebody feedback there. I don't know if you know this person. <laughs> oh no, not sure. <laughs> but, but we get feedback, and that's the comment we got so far. Um, thank sorry. you very much for being on the show. We'll, we'll we'll look forward to all the music that you're you're doing, and we do encourage people check out the link tree. Yeah, follow
1: me. Follow me on Instagram. It's also just Lover Sounds, like it says there. And uh, this Thursday, like basically next week coming up Thursday, I have a new song coming out. And then starting January, I'm just releasing a song every two weeks. So follow me and then you'll uh, be able to listen to all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I always tell people, like, make sure you like, favorite, download, Do subscribe. it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the same thing you do for a YouTuber or anybody on TikTok. If you have a musician you love, don't yeah. just listen and don't favorite the song. Like, download the song. Everything helps
1: the going. algorithm, you to speak yeah, to the yeah. algorithm, you got to add it to playlists, you got to yeah. like it, you got to share it on Instagram, everything. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> the standard, standard mission yeah. for every Keg fan, everybody who listens to this thing, please go out to love our music and do what I exactly. just said. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: All right, man. Take it easy.